Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, our first podcast of the week, a day later than we had planned, but hey, here we are, so fuck you. <laughs> I mean, god dang it, dude, everybody freaks out if we don't get one out on well, a Sunday. Well, one guy freaks out. A Calm guy, down. guy who freaks out is the guy who fucking jerks off to black and white porn. He's a real dick. <laughs> I'm sick of him already. Like, remember those things, Dave, where he'd go in and he'd drop a penny in and some chick would drop her knickers? <laughs> Show her big. That's what leisure watches. That's it. Leisure is where that guy has that pin that he turns it upside down and the girl's clothes come off. <laughs> Look at this, kid. Uh, that's when you go. That's when you go. Uh, life's back to normal when that old fart's complaining. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yesterday started off where I thought I was going to be here, and then um, at the end of the night, it was not a great night. And I will just say this: it was very funny as I think back on. The last week and some of the things that happened, you know, who was incredible last night, like absolutely incredible for me was my ex-wife. Oh, I thought you were going to say me because you didn't tell me you weren't coming until <laughs> fucking 10 o'clock at night. I know. Fuck. Uh, so anybody who was at our event and really anybody who listened to our podcast probably in the last year and I, Dave, I went back and looked at everything. I put it all together today and really my relationship with this person started June 22nd of last year. That was it. Almost exactly nine months. And my dad reached out to me and said, Hey, I have somebody I want you to meet. Yeah. And her name is Erica Lee. And Erica was putting together a couple of different charity things for kids. She came down to Carlsbad um, we had a great time. We hit it off immediately and then a uh, bunch more meetings over the next couple of weeks. Dave, I'll tell you sincerely, in, in a short period of time, in kind of a jacked up 2018, she became one of my three best friends. Oh, I agree. And I, I felt like I had known her 25 years. Um, at our event, August 1st, she came down. Um, again, our our we had only been friends for about six weeks. She dropped a 1000 bucks that night. Yeah. And I told her, listen, you need to <laughs> calm your ass down. You're bidding against Amy, who's a sponsor. She goes, oh, I just want to. I go, you don't even know who the fuck Yogi Berra is. What are you bidding on? Calm down, maniac. And uh, <laughs> she was the beautiful Asian woman that was there. And uh, spent a 1000 bucks that night, which went out for charity. Later that night, we made our way back to a hotel locally. It was me, Dave, Josh. Lisa, Ann, and Erica. I told you guys we had the Jimmy Bedford um, Jack Daniels bottle. Dave, if you remember, we celebrated a great night, which we brought in $14,000. I made Dave, Josh, myself, and Lisa, Ann Jack Daniels and Pepsi that I had bought from the hotel lobby. Erica said, let me have the bottle and poured herself three fingers of Jack Daniels and drank it straight. Yep. And I said to Lisa Ann, who's the porn star? <laughs> uh, we had a great time. She told me a lot that growing up in a Chinese culture, how her family would freak out if she was running around with an adult film star. So what ours. Right. <laughs> Don't bring Chinese into this. Right. And, uh, but she loved it. And she loved the people she met. She got into it. She loved the Palais family. Um, she loved my kids like they were her own family. We yeah. we really got tight to the point that I was ready to quit Upper Deck. Yeah. I, I think was, you announced it on there without saying exactly, but yeah, I you was, were going to L.A. I was, she had said to me, look, I have an opportunity for you to move to L.A. 
your days, you can work whenever you want. Um, so if you want to go down and get your kids and do whatever, you're fine. And basically, I'm going to put you in downtown L.A. We're going to get you an apartment. We're going to be working at the Wilshire Grand. We're at the 25th and 26th floor. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, what happened was in December of this year, she had said to me, hey, I'm going to be in Chicago because I took my sons up there. Erica was engaged to a guy that did a lot of things to improve our website, did a lot of things that helped this show behind the scenes. Unfortunately, he was deeply, deeply in legal trouble and did a lot of things that she wasn't aware of. None of us that were kind of in the circle were aware of. And when he got arrested and was going to prison, it turned her world upside down. And it devastated somebody who was, the analogy I used to my son last night was I said, if you ever watch a prison movie and they use that fire hose right on Clint Eastwood and escape from Alcatraz, in days when I was really down, Erica was nothing but positive energy to get me yeah. fired up and get me back on my feet. And she played a huge, huge role in helping me get through a really difficult time. She changed at the end of December when her fiance was arrested and went away and was heading to prison. And I noticed it immediately. And she and I had extensive talks from the end of December into January. But Dave, I clearly started to see a change. One of the things that happened in that time was law enforcement was putting a lot of pressure on her to talk about her fiance. Um, I don't know what she knew. Um, I have a pretty good idea, but I wasn't inside of her head. But she was the kind of kid that had never been in trouble in her life. I mean, literally, had probably never been in trouble. And so when you are being shaken down, it scares you. Yeah. And she was really, really scared. And so I had lunch with her about five and a half weeks ago. And we went through the entire timeline of everything that had happened. And I just said to her, look, do me a favor. Don't quit on me, okay? And I didn't mean the the end. I said, just don't quit on me. I said, you're going to be an incredible comeback story. And when you are, it's going to be really cool to be inside the circle. All of the events that we were working on from the podcast to everything else ended on that day. But I said to her to get her mind involved, I said, I want you on the board of directors of Jake's Projects. I said, it'll take a lot of pressure off the Palais family. You and I work incredibly well together, and it'll get your head back in the game. She, within a very short period of time, sent me the most insanely cool email with ideas that I think will be our guidelines moving this charity project forward, and I'll be forever grateful that she did it because it was stuff that Dave and I would not have thought of. But as I was talking to people that knew her, I was incredibly concerned about her well-being. Um, I was talking to her anywhere from two to three times a day from June 22nd into January of this year. Uh, and then those calls, it would be 20 to 25 minutes as we worked through different business projects became five or six minute calls. About 10 days ago, I reached out to her, and for the first time in our relationship, that call went to voicemail. 
I was calling her to check in on her, and I was calling to say, you know what, I got an extra ticket to the Stones on May 11th. Yeah. Just go with me. Like, just go. You need a night to kind of shake you out of this. Let's go. Dave, I was so rattled by the call going to voicemail that I immediately had a sense that I'm saying goodbye to her. Like, this is saying goodbye. And I just told her for 90 seconds on a message. I told her that I, that she mattered. I told her that I loved her. I told her that the Palais family loves you. My sons love you. And I can't wait to see you. We got good things coming. Um, then it was about 24 hours later that she sent me a text. She didn't call me back. She sent me a text and said, uh, I appreciate the message. I love you too. And okay, that was so it. She actually heard the message. She did hear the message. Um, Wednesday of last week, I sent her a text and I said, hey, here's somebody you need to talk to. As she was building a women in sports, kind of a women empowerment group, it was one of many things she was working on. I sent it to her at about 11 o'clock in the morning and she didn't respond to it. And I didn't know, like, did she take that the wrong way? Did she think because this girl is attractive, right? Is she thrown off by it? Does she know, like, what I'm saying? No, what it turned out was on that Wednesday, Erica had gone to a very dark place. Um, at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, she went to downtown Los Angeles. She went to a restaurant called the Golden Dragon. Um, she parked in the Golden Dragon because the battery of her car died. She wrote a note because uh, she wrote a note, said the battery is dead. Please don't tow my car. She locked the car. Uh, left her phone in the car, went into the Golden Dragon, had dinner in the Golden Dragon, comes out of the Golden Dragon restaurant, walks about seven blocks south, through a homeless encampment, and proceeds to jump off the bridge at the 101 freeway in Los Angeles and committed suicide at the age of 33. And to say it devastated me would be an understatement like you can't believe because... Thursday, I got a reply to my text message. The reply was from her mother that said, uh, Jeff, I wanted you to know Erica took her life yesterday. And I just, I was crushed because as I said, Dave, I felt like I was seeing it develop in front of me. You yeah. feel like your feet are in cement watching a parade go by that you can't stop. She was incredibly good to me. I was incredibly close with her. And it devastated me. So Friday morning, I get up. I spent a couple hours in the office, and I said, you know, I got to get the fuck out of here. So on Friday, I drove to Los Angeles. Uh, I appreciate everybody who checked in because I had put a thing on social media on Thursday night saying she had passed away. And I wanted to retrace her steps. So what I did was I started at this restaurant downtown, and this is just kind of as you go inside the mind of somebody who has reached that point of suffering. When she and I would get together for dinner, she liked places like Miguel's. She liked places like the Brig, Jake's Del Mar. It didn't have to be Morton, uh, Morton's. She loved Vig Vigilucci's in Carlsbad, but she liked nice places yeah. she dressed nice the hair was nice makeup the whole thing she liked nice places the first thing i noticed when i walked into the dragon was there was a b from the health department in the window 
if I had suggested ever going to a place that had yeah. a B in the window, she would have lost her mind. Exactly. So that was the first immediate red flag. As I walk into the Dragon on Friday afternoon, the entire wait staff speaks Chinese. Erica's family, very proud Chinese family, but she and I would often joke that she didn't speak a word of the language and how she would be at family reunions and the entire table would be talking and crazy. She couldn't understand a word. And I said, well, what, what do you do at that point? She goes, I just ordered dessert. <laughs> um, so the entire wait staff is speaking Chinese. So that's another red flag to me. Like I said, I had texted her at 11 in the morning. There's no reply to that. At about 6.30, she left the restaurant and started walking south. She, like I said, if you remember her that night at the Eastlake Country Club, beautiful dress, beautiful girl. This is not the best part of Los Angeles where she's walking. The sun had not gone down, um, but you have to work your way through an area that is enclosed by homeless camps. As I stood at the bridge on Friday night, and I look down, I'm, I am so incredibly thankful that I've never been suicidal. I will tell you this, David, haunted me to sit there at 7 o'clock. Did he regret re retracing the steps at that point? No, I still Did he don't. retrace the steps because you felt like it was a way of being close to her? Uh-huh, okay. 100%. And I just, I wanted to feel it as yeah. close as I could feel it. Um, what was weird, and understand what I say, we would connect at Starbucks a lot. And as I'm walking towards the freeway bridge, to my right is a beautiful brand new Starbucks. And I understand better than anybody uh, that you can only do what the person wants you to do. But it was really, really hard for me not to just think, God damn, just fucking go in there and call me. Yeah. And I just, I will be here as quick as I can be here. But as you make your way to the bridge and you look down, the first thing that I thought was, I wouldn't be 100% convinced that it was a high enough um, bridge to immediately that the impact, you jump yep. off the Coronado Bridge, you're going to be killed yep. off impact, right? Yep. Other buildings you see. I don't know what ultimately killed her. I don't know if she was hit by a car. I don't know. I don't need to know. Um, all I know is that at 7 o'clock last Wednesday night, she jumped. Yeah. And um, every I have been through, Dave has been through, an incredible amount of loss over the last couple of years. Dave, as I look back at those, whether it was my friend Cheech, he suffered from cancer. My kid's nanny I had a health condition. Um, your dad, in my opinion... He didn't want to fight that fight anymore. And I, I understand that. I get it. Um, Jake, I can justify in my head that it was an accident because how much I talked to him. It doesn't make it any easier. But I know on October 30th, Jake didn't set out to kill himself. No. Last Wednesday night, my friend, who I loved very much, set out to kill herself in a horrific way. She did not take pills and lay down in a bed and go to sleep. She did not hang herself or any other ways to do it. She leapt from a freeway bridge in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, I had 86 messages on my phone on Friday night. I can't begin to tell you how much that meant to me.
for every one of you that reached out, uh, Stevie Woods, Katie Temple, Dave, uh, my friend Joe Carlo in Toronto. Um, it just was, the list was great. Uh, Ryan Barkley yeah. was with me every step. I, I honestly, guys, I don't know what would have, I just don't know emotionally. But when you're sitting there and you're devastated and your phone is pinging like Jiffy Pop popcorn, I will tell you it's fucking pretty humbling. Yeah. It's pretty humbling. Um, but I was just in a fog because I just, you can't, you can't figure it out. So Saturday, I'm kind of working through it. Yesterday morning, uh, my son Jack kind of was not having the best day. And I really, really laid into him, like really laid into him and was cussing, was mad was going to hang out with him for the day. And I said, you know, I just, I can't take hanging out with you. You know, you're kind of being a dick and considering what I'm going through, I wish you would have been better. Uh, I took my son Cade out. We go to Cardiff beach last night where I grew up just sitting there reflecting a little bit. He's kind of working in the sand and all of a sudden he goes, Hey dad, check it out. And as he was working in the sand, he had grabbed his stick and wrote, Erica's memory will live forever. I go, that's pretty badass. So I get home uh, to drop him off, and their mom comes out. And she said, are you going to talk to Jack? And I'm like, I'm not talking. God damn it. <laughs> so we're in common. And she, she was great. And she said, listen, yeah, I know what you're going through, although I've never been through a suicide. I'm just telling you, he's really right. Well, God, yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, you know, maybe for a couple of weeks, uh, he should just stay with me. I said, you know, that's a great idea. And all of a sudden, I'm walking to the car, and like every husband or ex-husband's been, I'm like, she's fucking right again. So I stopped, and I said, hey. I go, send him out here. She's <laughs> like, fuck off. Well, this is great. This is what she told me later. She told me last night. She goes, as she's sending him out, she goes, hey, if this doesn't go well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bring a bet. Jesus. Uh, so my son Jack comes out Good and I, God. yeah, he comes out and I was able to tell him, I go, you know, man, I go, you're not mad at Jack. I said, I'm not mad at you and I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at what happened. Yeah. And I said, I needed somebody to unload on. And unfortunately it was you. And thank God for my son, Jack, who was like, I get it. And I'm like, we cool. He's like, yeah. And he did something really cool on Saturday. I'm going to backtrack to Saturday. They were very close with her, too. They have their final basketball game at uh, Croc Center. We're walking in. It's me, him, and his brother, Cade. And he said, you know what, Dad? I'm going to tell you something. He goes, uh, I think I'm going to put up 50 for Erica today. Has he ever put up 50 before? No, his career high is six. So I go, uh, Hold on, does the team ever score a combined 15? No, fuck no. Nobody scores. And so, like, I'm doubled over laughing, right? I go, look, how about this? How about you make one and we call it even? <laughs> and he goes, uh, he kind of shrugs and keeps walking. I'm like, 50? All right, take it easy, right? Take yeah. it easy, Steph Curry. <laughs> Well, son of a bitch, if about halfway through that game, 
he doesn't get a clear look and fire up a three and it's nothing but net. Awesome. So we're walking back to the car after the game and because uh, I had to go back to LA. Yeah. So he's walking with his brother and his mom to the car. And I said, you know, Jack, I got to tell you, that was great. It meant a lot to me. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And he goes, great. Well, his brother looks at me. Now his brother hadn't done shit. Yeah. And I go, and I'll tell you something, Cade. Uh, great job turning your jersey into <laughs> And he goes, what? Jack and I are dying. So as we circle back to last <laughs> night, I said, I got to be honest, Jay. I said, I saw Tyson. I, you know, I gave him a list of athletes I'd seen. Yeah. I said, what you did for her yesterday is about the coolest thing I've ever seen live. And I appreciate it. So I put him in. He goes in and I was getting ready to come down here. And their mom came out and uh, said, hey, you know, I haven't, I haven't been through this. Like, tell me about her. Like, were you guys, like, how close with you? And I said, she had become, like, of like one of my best friends. And Dave, I just started talking to her and reliving conversations. Yeah. Especially, and that's when I lost it. And that's when the emotion of everything. And I am just telling you, I'm so thankful to my son, Jack, my son, Kate, and my ex-wife, Vita. Because yeah. last night... When I thought everything was cool and for the first time you are dealing with that whole thing, God damn, were they great. And yeah. today, Katie wrote me the nicest message and she just said, you know, Jeff, let's hope that Eric is at peace. And you go, yeah, at that point you go, shit, it's not about me. It's not. It's not about me. It's about her. But uh, it's, man, for anybody who's been through it and I just found it ironic that on August 1st, she donated $1,000, a lot of which went to suicide prevention. And whatever that is, eight months later, uh, we or seven months later, yeah, uh, we lose her to suicide. And so um, working through it, I am incredibly lucky to have the people here. I want to thank Jason Finley at Callaway because Erica bought two golf clubs that night. And I said to Finley, I said, did she ever come get him? And he goes, no. And he goes, you know, we could circle around and we could do this or that. I said, no, man, you know what? She paid the thousand bucks for him. And I said, I want the two clubs. And I said, one of them's going to go to her dad or her brother. And honestly, Dave, I'm keeping the other one. Good. Because I don't really have, we didn't, you know, last time I saw her, we didn't take any pictures when you're devastated and you're afraid of going to jail may not be the time of, hey, let's get everybody in here for a quick one before you go out to Las Colinas. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, as you just today, uh, you're just left with a huge void um, because she was a huge part of my life yeah. for the last year. And I just I can't believe she's gone. No, I completely understand. Um, it's crazy, man. We, you know, we, we've talked about her a lot. Anyone who met her that night that was nice enough to come out on August 1st. Honestly, might be the smartest person I ever met. Without question. I mean, it was crazy having a conversation with her because she would hold five conversations at one time. You couldn't keep up with her. Her no. brain works so different than anyone else I've been around. And there were people in that room that were crazy smart. Like, you know, we talked about Eddie, who's a computer guy. Right. I mean, here's a guy that was a pre-med guy, a computer engineer guy who was completely blown away. Couldn't keep up right. with her. And, you know, we aren't dumb people either, but no. we're going... 
holy shit, man, her brain works so fucking fast, and she was so cool and um, humble. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is, is so fucking sad. Um, you know, I said I don't want to get into the boyfriend part too much, but the boyfriend part is is huge because it was her end. You understand it poisoned everything that yeah she did, and she saw that too. I'm guessing that's why she just said, "There's nowhere for me to go because I've." done everything I can yet the relationships I have in business now are poisoned because of an association and yeah. uh, she felt she had nowhere to go it's uh I felt crazy like too, fucking Dave. sad so pretty and and so nice and so smart right and and a family member wrote me an email today and said you know the thing about her was she put everybody ahead of herself and it yeah, was she did it's really true um the thing about the boyfriend he was nice um, he never, he was incredibly nice to me, yeah. loved like high ranking guy. He had come from Google, got himself in trouble. Couldn't dig himself out. Was not a bad guy. Another incredibly bright guy. Um, but when they were together, Dave, I didn't like it. I didn't like it when they were together because while he didn't disrespect her, he didn't necessarily talk to her on a level that I felt was appropriate where you go, dude, you have the number one pick right here, right? Yes. Like, like was you it have, was it a culture thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And she had said that a lot and we had talked a lot about that culture. And my belief is, um, that why she did what she did is because she felt like she let a let a lot of people down she felt like she let my kids down. She felt like she had let me down. She felt like she had let others down that she and I had worked with. Uh, no matter what I had said to her to try to get her to believe she hadn't, she did. And I think she believed her punishment had to outweigh the crime. Yeah. And uh, I, st <laughs> I strongly disagreed. But... The suicide thing being new to me, I don't know that today would have been any easier if she had just OD'd. Um, I don't know if she's in her garage and she, right, does it that way. Yeah, Dave, to to, to do it that way, the way the way she did it seems so freaking painful. And I'm standing on that bridge, and I have a picture, and I don't, I just took it because it was my last connection to her. And it's a picture that I took at 7 o'clock Friday night, which was exactly 48 hours after it happened. And I'm just looking. I'm like, fuck, this was her view. This was the last thing she would have seen. But there were just so many things that happened on Wednesday that were so out of character for my friend that I just honestly, I can't comprehend the level of darkness where she was. And, and the other thing is, Dave, if she needed my help, if she wanted my help, yeah, she had a full eight hours from 11 o'clock to 7 p.m. And I get that. But it's still when somebody does so much to bail you out and you would give your left arm yep. to repay them and they're like, you can't fix them. Fuck, man. That is a very, very hard road to travel. And that's a very hard road that I am barely down the path on but again you stevie woods was great um like i just katie temple i can't say enough about uh my friend uh uh joe carlo in toronto who was on the bench 
of a playoff game on Friday night, a playoff game, yeah. and is texting me from the bench. She works for one of the teams up there, and she's like, look, I, I'm just telling you, I know you're alone, but I'm here with you. And I'm like, I'm like I know you are, and I wish you could see my phone because it was outstanding. And I, I just, I don't know. I hate people that when you go, hey, how are you doing? It feels like it opens the door yeah. for them to make it a lot more dramatic than it is. Um, man, I, I, I wouldn't do that to you guys. I, I just, Ryan Barkley and, and Danny Noon and so many, Larry Thomas and everybody. I mean, I can't, there were like 86 messages. Um, Gavin, everybody that, that just came out and uh, drunk Flannery. And it's just like, it, David was amazing. And yeah. I'm just Amy and Alan and like I said, the rest of the group. I just I thank every one of you because believe me I fucking needed it. Yeah, it's um, I don't even know what to say. I mean, completely shocking. And when I uh, when I realized what happened because you posted it before you called me, and then I call you and I'm trying to get details, and your phone's ringing, and you go, "I'll call you right back." Well, yeah. you didn't call me back for four days. Yeah, her mom called me. Yeah, well, her- how did she talk to you for four fucking straight days? <laughs> no, Dave. I I I. It's funny. No, but I don't think. Um, I'll give you a pass, dude. I just was like, well, I don't want to call you because I'm thinking, oh yeah, well, fuck, you're dealing with 8 million things probably. You got 8 million people calling me. You're probably dealing with her family. You're dealing with your family. You're dealing with your kids. I don't know. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and call him until he calls me back. I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people had the relationship that I had with her. And it's kind of oh, cool. I'm sure very few. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. We had put together this deal that we were going to do a kids golf charity thing. And she sends me uh, the breakdown of all the people that are involved in it. One of the guys was from the Yes Network, ESPN guys, hedge fund guys. And when you looked at the breakdown, she was listed number one. And then there was somebody else. And then I was third. Yeah. And I go, how am I third? And she's like, why? Do you want to be second? I go, no. <laughs> I should not be ahead of the guy from the Yes Network. He's like, he runs the Yankees broadcast yeah. network. I go, I'm on a goddamn podcast where we tell <laughs> dick jokes. Like, if I'm the guy at the Yes Network, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Exactly. And how is he ahead of me? <laughs> and, the, and why? And if I'm the ESPN guy, I'm like, nobody gets the Yes Network yes. west of the Mississippi. And who the fuck's this asshole? Wait, he's got some podcast? Please. Please. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was just great, man. But things change. And Dave on I just I went after I, I retraced your steps, where I found myself was back at the Wilshire Grand. Yeah. And I found myself back at the Wilshire Grand and we would sit there and we would talk about how we were going to move the Dave and Jeff show. We were going to do a podcast, Lisa Ann's podcast. We were going to take over and everything was moving to the 26th floor at the Wilshire Grand, like the lease agreement. She sent me the lease agreement. (laughs) Hey, do me a favor, go through this. And I don't know. It just feels like there's a couple of red flags. I go, well, I negotiate these deals all the time. (laughs) I go, fuck am I looking at? I told her, yeah, we'll just see if you don't, if you see anything that's fucking hilarious you want to know why she loved me because she was getting ready to sign a lease for three floors and they didn't include any parking yeah and i wrote her back i go we're gonna have a shitload of people there where are we supposed to park 
And she said, I'm not, what do you mean? I go, Erica, we're all coming to work. We have three floors. They haven't included any parking. And she goes, oh, I'll call you right back. And she called the lady and, and she goes, hey, where's my staff supposed to park? Nice. And the lady said, oh, I didn't know you guys were worried about that. And she goes, we're damn right we are. <laughs> she never caused. <laughs> Get the parking in or we're walking. And the lady's said? like, okay, okay. And we need validation too. Okay, okay. We got it. And I was like, all right, well, shit. That's you know, like when you play scramble yeah. golf and on the fourth hole, you hit like one shot yeah. where the really good golfer can putt. And you're like, well, I've done my part. I'm going to sit in the back and get hammered. That's exactly what I planned on doing was just getting hammered. And just sit there, Dave. I just, I don't know why I did it, but I sat below the Wilshire Grand and I went and hung out at the table where she and I had had lunch. I found the table where she and I had had lunch and I had asked her, I said, please don't quit on me. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, I won't. And five weeks later, she's gone. And it's, man, anybody, there's, anytime you lose somebody unexpectedly, right, there's yeah. there's no level of it. Dave and Rita and Josh deal with it every day. And, uh, and those of us that were lucky enough to know Jake deal with it every day. But like I said, Dave, just for me, I could, I could kind of keep moving forward because Jake's was an accident. And this one is, is different because there was no accident about doing what she did. How many phone calls has Katie Temple made to you and me in the last uh, year and a half? Holy cow. You know, man. Between CS Keys and right. everything else. It's crazy. Well, that's man. what I said on Twitter. Is I said, I said the thing I'm most concerned about, Erica, is, is she's up there and trying to figure out what's going on in heaven. She's got to fend off CS, too, who loved Asian <laughs> chicks. And I said, maybe he can calm the fuck down and let her have a day or two to get situated. <laughs> I should have. If I knew she was going, I would have warned her. Oh my god! She didn't give me any warning. I said, "See this guy right here? That is not Rocky Carroll. He cannot introduce you to Mark Harmon. He can introduce you to Terry Burhands. That's it. You see him coming? Tell him beat it. Get oh that guy gosh. out. Yeah. It's the first thing I thought. Oh fuck. She's getting up there trying to learn her way. How you do it? Fucking move it. <laughs> All right, so what do you have to do to make it up to Jack? What are you going to do? Uh, he's cool. You all good? Nothing special? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I just told him, I said... Uh, I know you're taking him out of school on Thursday. Yeah, we're going to opening yeah. day. But you, no, I talked to him a lot tonight. I good. just I talked I did, to him. Just so you know, not just because your kid's 11. I did this to my, my 25-year-old, you know, and I felt right. terrible. And I, yeah. And it took... You know, immediately, as soon as I did it, I knew I fucked up, and... But, you know, it's hard to say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Yeah. And then I you know, apologized to him for snapping at him. And then, you know, he was cool as hell and said, yeah. I understand. But, dude, you feel you feel that much worse uh, after you do that. Yeah. Well, I didn't until, like, I was completely. It took you 12 hours to calm <laughs> yeah. down? I was still thinking he's a little dick. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> then I'm like, God damn it. And, uh, but you know, the great thing is Dave, I've had a relationship with those guys since they were seven years old where I've always said to them, I don't lie to you. I cuss way too much. 95% of the time I cuss to make them laugh. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care about that. Uh, and, but 
yesterday I was flat out able to tell him, you know, man, I was not mad at you. I just needed somewhere to vent. Yeah. Because I go, I go, I lost a really good friend again. Yeah. And I go, I'm getting really, I said, Jack, I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. And I go, I'm sorry, man. And I said, you know what? I said, of anything, I appreciate the fact that you're strong enough to bounce back and know that it wasn't at you. I said, because you know what she meant to me. And he did. That was the thing. Yeah. He knows what she meant to me because she loved him. And yeah, so, you saw it. I mean, he lost a friend, too. Yeah. And so we will be uh, Saturday morning. Uh, we'll be at another funeral. We'll be at another funeral in L.A. at Forest Lawn. But, Dave, let me ask you this. The funeral, right, it's a family and everything's going. But I've said to my sons what I would like them to do is wear their royal blue summer league t-shirts because the one thing yeah. that she loved talking to them about was basketball and she went to the summer league and was so excited to get them shirts like am i i don't know funeral protocol but that like uh, she didn't want them in suits like she like this would be what she loved she loved talking nba with them she met them and we were joking about I said to her, um, I said, you know, you're going to realize in about a month and a half, I'm completely overmatched in this gig and you're going to be making millions and I'm going to be down in IB with a goddamn metal detector. And like three <laughs> days later at my door comes this, I looked it up on Amazon. It's yeah. like a $300 metal detector. And she said, give this to the boys. I need you around. Yeah. We have a 300. That's funny. Ding. Fuck you, leisure. You're not getting it. You might have gotten it if you weren't so inappropriate today. So that's what your big mouth cost you, stupid. <laughs> you could have walked around Kit Carson Park and found yourself four dirty nickels and three syringes. <laughs> but your big mouth got you in trouble again, you dick. If we ever do a video blog, yeah. let's send Leisure out with the metal detector. I love it. He'd break it <laughs> or get something sticky on it. <laughs> I don't know what. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's too damn funny. Yeah, I don't know. Funeral protocol. Do whatever you want. They aren't going to be the center of attention. They, yeah. Think is one thing about your kids. Your kids have a shitload of suits. That's for sure. I know. <laughs> they could have worn a suit. I've never seen kids with so many suits and ties and hats and everything ready right. to go. Just in yeah, case something bad happens. Oh my gosh. So um so yeah, it is what it is and you you keep moving forward and that's what I'm trying to do. All right. Speaking of moving forward, I want to talk a little Padre baseball with yeah. you. Okay. For, first of all, well, a couple things I'm gonna bring up to you. One is the remember when Manny Machado signed with the pods? Sure. And we're talking about the amount of money. Does the amount of money seem like a big deal now? No. It does not. After Trout and after Harper? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, Verlander, right? Verlander right. gets, you know, $33 million a year. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And that's what one of the things we talked about. When you get a big-time Chris player. Chris Sale. Chris Sale. You talk about a guy that could be what we think is on a, on his way to the Hall of Fame and going, hey, maybe you got a deal. Maybe maybe things might have worked out for you. We got a deal where at the time you're going, what the hell are you doing giving one guy that much money when you see there was no collusion amongst owners? And guess what? They were going to sit there and still pay the big money when the time came. And that's what's gone on. Look, I don't know, Dave. If he's Machado like we all hope he can be, 
then you go, fantastic. But I also remember everybody jumping and down, jumping up and down when you stole James Shields. We got him for nothing. Yeah, that's true. And he was a big bag of cat shit. So <laughs> luckily he turned on to uh, Fernando Tatis. Yes. So you go, yeah, exciting. Um, but uh, uh, I, I'm excited, Dave. Yeah, all of a sudden you look at it and you go, hey. Yep. I bet other teams right now, when you're when you're looking at those deals, let's take them in order. I love the Machado deal. I look at the Machado deal like oh, he's 26. It's a 10 year deal, 30 a year. Fine in in baseball economics, that's great. I look at the Harper deal. I don't like anything about that. I don't deal. either. That deal makes no sense. The Mike Trout deal, I love that deal because I think a lot of people in Southern California were convinced that Trout was heading to the East Coast. I was too. And I have no problem at all if the Angels overpay for that guy because that guy's just a champion. Right? He is. That was incredible. A lot of people believe Mike Trout, and if you're a numbers guy, and you know, right now if you're a true baseball fan, it seems like you're a numbers guy. Sure. You look at his numbers, and Canapa doesn't want to sit there and give credit to it. His numbers are on pace where he could be the greatest baseball player of all time. It's absolutely incredible the numbers that he puts up. He hasn't hit his prime yet. A lot of people think he's going to outplay that contract. Remember, I was telling you about a month ago, the people I, I talked to at the San Diego State game I was sitting in an area full of agents, or not agents, scouts, who were saying that when Mike Trout signs, he's going to get a piece of the team. Whatever team he goes to, he's going to get a piece. Well, he, right. didn't, he didn't get a piece. He got a huge freaking contract. It's great for the Angels, who are competing just with everybody in Los Angeles in that area. And you can say it's Anaheim. Look, it's the same sports market. That's sure. basically what you're going for. You're competing with the Dodgers and the Lakers and everybody else that you're trying to say entertainment dollar. Where does it go? The best baseball player in the world plays in Orange County. Love him. Yeah, I do well, too. Everything he does, right? Just the approach to the game. Yep. When you look at the numbers that he has uh fun and dave I, I if i'm the angels i go look i'm gonna market him to orange county and he's an hour drive from most parts of san diego the inland yep. empire like people mike trout is a guy that'll make you drive to anaheim otani assuming otani's dh by mid to end may then you go that's really cool and Fuck, they got that young kid, too, and I'm mind-blanking on that kid coming up through their system. Yeah, they got a big-time star in their minor league system. I'm, uh, I'm mind-blanking on But they got another guy, Poolholtz, coming up. I mean, they have some guys. They're like every team, right? We're pitching. You go, eh, I'm not so sure about the pitching. But Trout is reason enough for me to go to Anaheim. And the fan experience at Angel Game is great. And if I wait and take my kids in May and they can see Otani and Trout, that's a good day. It's a, it, you know what's great about it, too, if you're a San Diego Padre fan? You don't ever look at the Angels as competition. No. So when the Angels, let's say, are at home and the Padres are on the road, it's your chance to sit there and say, you know what, we're going to go out and see someone else. And then all of a sudden that someone else is the greatest player in, in, the, in the world right now. It's fantastic. Angel games are always a good time to me. I understand the stadium's old. They're a bunch of old stadiums. It's still a great experience. I love going to Angel games. Uh, the one thing I like, too, about Trout, is Trout is one of those guys that I'm buying tickets for yeah. to see Trout. I'm not worried about who they're playing. Yeah. And who's ever on the other side of the field is just kind of a throw-in. Meaning, I will go watch the White Sox. I'll go see the Mariners or the Rays or the Marlins or the Tigers or any of these other teams. Couldn't care less who's there. I'm going to see uh, Mike Trout. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. But, yeah, I think the Machado thing, and, Dave, look, little things matter. 
when you're a Padre fan. When you go into Vons, when you go into Barnes & Noble or any other store right now, and the baseball preview is out for Sports Illustrated, and Machado and Tatis are on the cover, Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool for, for a fan base that not that long ago was watching a lot of guys that sucked. Exactly. Joe Adele is the guy's name, right, for the yeah. Angels? Yeah, he's the, he's the outfielder that everybody's talking about and what the Angels have coming up. Okay, I'm going to throw something at you Padre-wise. Okay. Since, let's see, I'll figure this out. Okay, here we go. Since 2009, how many opening day pitchers have the Padres had? 2009, so that's going to be 10 years, right? Yeah, uh, well, 11, I guess 11, I guess. yes. I'm going to say 11. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 10. Only one guy has repeated his opening Tyson day Tyson Ross? No, it is not Tyson Ross. Clayton Richard? No, I, we could sit there, dude. I swear to you, for three hours, I don't think you would Trevor get Cahill? Nope. Well, Trevor Cahill was not the guy. Uh, let's see. By 09, Peavy's gone. Peavy was the guy in 09. Okay. okay Peavy day. was here in 09, Yeah, huh? Peavy was opening day start in 09. All right. John Garland was your guy in 2010. John Garland. It gets worse. Ready to start crying? Yeah. Maddox? No. 2012 was Tim Stoffer. Or oh, 2011 with Tim Stoffer. Here's your double guy in, in 2012 and 2013. Edison Volquez. Oh. He's the only guy to repeat. Oh, God. 2014 was Kashner. 2015 was Shields. 2016 was Ross. 2017 was Shasheen. And 2018 was Richard. And now you're going to get Lauer. Wait. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit, shit. Yes, that's what... <laughs> That's what you got. I got to be honest. Lauer bores me to tears, Dude, too. a lot of people are really upset by this. Yeah. Saying there's not a more boring guy they could have picked. <laughs> God, right? <laughs> Glenn Dishman retired? <laughs> Holy cow. Is that crazy, though? When yeah. You, when you look at that? And then how many guys were gone the next year? Almost oh, all of them. All of them. Yeah. I'm shocked Maddox never along yeah. that line got his start. You no, know, right? he wasn't the guy. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's so freaking funny. I can't wait for Thursday, though. Thursday, for me, is going to be great. My sons will be out there. Everybody's coming to hang out. You know what's really cool uh, for me? Yeah. Is I always joke about Paddock. And by the way, Paddock tonight, great game tonight. 50 pitches against Seattle. Only one hard hit ball. When I got out of the car, pods were up 6 nothing. Um. Always laugh because in this job you make a lot of bold statements, and I'm pretty sure of all my bold statements, I've gotten two things right. Okay. The two things I got right is yeah. I told every one of you fuckers that football team was leaving, and you didn't listen to me, nope. so you can enjoy your own fist in yes. a dark corner. <laughs> I told you, fuck you, fuck you. But the only other thing I ever got right on this show. And I can tell you where I was. I was in Monterey, California on the day the trade was made, the day the Chris Paddock was traded for Fernando Rodney. I go, well, who's Chris Paddock? I've been to the Paddock in Encinitas, which was a great bar, but I don't know Chris Paddock. And then you start looking at the numbers. And and just giving an example, it felt like his numbers at the time of the trade were somewhere incredible, like a 10-to-1 a uh, strikeout to walk ratio, yeah. like a 50 to five type thing. Yeah. And I remember talking to you, Dave, going, holy shit, are you looking at this kid's numbers? They're insane. I love this deal. Rodney was 38. Yep. 
And I'll never forget. You're like, well, you're the only guy. People yeah, people are freaking out. You traded an all-star out. for that guy. So about a year and a half ago, uh, or last year, I guess, when Paddock was coming to Elsinore, um, somehow I got a message to Jim Paddock, his father. And I just jokingly told him, right? Like, you don't get a whole lot of things right, so I like your kid a lot. Then I let him know that we had given away some of the signed baseballs from his son at the event. Yeah. And we kind of stayed in contact. We follow each other on social media. He got a kick out of watching my boys play basketball. We talked a lot about the the relationship between fathers and kids and the whole thing. Well, as Chris Paddock was kind of going off in this spring, I just kind of backed off because the last guy I wanted to be was anybody that was going to impose. Hey, hey Jim, look who's here. What's up? I'm going to need nine signed hats. And four game use shoes. And if I could get those by Friday, it would be great. So the other day, I'm sitting here, and I look at my Twitter account, and I have a message. You know how people can send you a direct message? Yep. The direct message came in Sunday. Hey, Jeff, I'd love to visit with you sometime if you have a few minutes. My wife and I are planning on coming out at the end of the week. I'm waiting just as much as anybody else trying to get something definitive on who's on first. LOL. So I said, absolutely. I look forward to it. Give me a call when you get here. This is the coolest thing, right? This is a dad, Chris Paddock's dad, sending this to me. If you get any kind of press release or any kind of insight into what your thoughts might be on when Chris may start. Now, here's the weird thing. He's got Chris spelled K-R-I-S. So maybe maybe I'm being catfished. Is Manti Teo doing this? (laughs) I swear to God, I was nice to Manti. Uh, Please shoot it to me. We don't have tickets arranged, anything special. My wife and I are traveling separate uh, from the rest of the group. Here's his dad just rolling out with his uh, mom. He's like, hey, if you get any press releases on my kid, will you send them to me? I'm like, hell yeah. I don't get any of that shit, but we can find it. We got enough people that can find it. But I just thought, Dave, that was the nicest thing. Uh, for Paddock's dad to say, hey, I'm yeah. coming to town. Do you want to hang out? So we'll find out when he's in town. You and I will go down and have a beer with him. We'll <laughs> buy him a few beers. Yeah. When we show up, he's a 5'4 Mexican guy. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. Hey, hang on here, sir. <laughs> Is that two guys of Sopo? Yes. You fucker again. Shit. <laughs> You're banned from San Diego. You get the fuck out of here. Jesus. You son of a... How did I fall for this? Fuck. Who's behind that cat? What is that? Austin Ashton Kutcher? You pull this shit on Mila Kunis, not on me. You know what's funny? It's, you don't hear people getting catfished very often. Maybe they're bringing it back on you. Well, I just fucking took it. <laughs> uh, you know, I just say... For you guys to play your jokes on a guy who's emotionally rattled. No shit. I really appreciate you around here. <laughs> now, how's your bracket doing? My bracket is uh, all right right now. I think everyone's bracket's doing okay. How many wins do okay. you have? Do you know how many total wins you have? No, I can tell you out of the 16 teams remaining, I have 14 of them. So that's pretty damn good. But I, I imagine a lot of people are doing the same thing. A I, lot of, if you, I mean, seriously, if you just went with the favorites, because they said... Right. 
only six teams had a chance really to win this goddamn thing. All right, look, yeah. well, who did you pick to win the whole thing? I took North Carolina. Okay, we both did. Who did you have North Carolina playing? Um, I have them playing. I think Michigan State. Okay, that's a, that's a, that, see that's a smart upset right there, yeah. because everyone's picking Duke. Yeah. So if you wanted to take a chance of surprise and gaining some points somewhere, you don't pick Duke. No. And so that's it. I, I did have Duke going into the championship game, but the more I look at it, I realize Duke's going to lose. Duke can't yeah. shoot threes. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't shoot free throws, and you're going, but didn't wow. But you feel like yesterday, it, it seems to me, Dave, from tournaments in the past, yeah. that that's kind of the one game that championship teams have, and we all think, oh, now they're easy pickings. I think they gave, honestly, I think they gave the clue on how to beat Duke. Really? You just sit there, I think, honestly, you just don't let, let anybody get inside and say, go ahead and shoot threes. You yeah. guys can't shoot. You're the worst three-point shooting team in the tournament. Wow. Go ahead and shoot through. Johnny Dawkins and and I, I mean I used to be a huge college basketball fan. Yeah, not the way I, you know. Obviously now I miss a ton of games because I'm just not into it. It's not as exciting as it used to be. Even though Zion might be the most uh, exciting yeah. athlete in the world right now, for us at least, not counting soccer. I know Christian Christian Ronaldo, Christian Ronaldo. I'm just I'm all fucked up. All Fair right, enough. I'm tired. All right, so here we go. I'm tired. Here 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 we go. Is Zion Williams uh, is, uh, is is ridiculous. And you sit there and you go, the guy is is just unbelievable. And you look at his size and everything else and what he does for Duke and never seen a guy this big and people comparing him to um, Charles Barkley, you just go, that's amazing. I, I think I call him Zion Williams. Zion Williamson is insane. We've watched him mm -hmm. since high school. And so he's, um, he, he's just a different guy. And he, he's one of those guys, when he goes to the NBA, he's going to be a huge star right away. If he ends up with the Knicks, it's going to be the greatest thing ever to happen to the NBA. Pretty wild, right? But Johnny Dawkins, if you recall, were you a basketball fan in the 80s? Uh -huh. Johnny Dawkins was the guy that got Coach K big time. Yeah, I mean, he's great. Coach K almost got blown out. If you look back at those old tapes, he had his fucked up teeth. He had that, <laughs> he had that one yeah. snaggle tooth and everything else. And <laughs> Johnny Dawkins took him to the championship in 1986. He was the player of the year. He was, as they used to call him in the South, the left-handed Michael Jordan. And they ended up lo uh, losing the championship game to Purvis El Ellison. Okay. And... He was the guy. So to see him yesterday and his son on the other side right. was insane. Right. To go, oh, my God, he might pull it off. And that's why when you saw Coach K, he always pulls the bullshit. I feel so bad for the kids. You could tell he legitimately felt really what, bad. What, he went and talked to those kids? Yeah, because that was that was family to him. That'd be like, yeah. you, you know, you, you basically beating my kids. You know what I mean? You'd feel yeah. terrible. There's a connection there. Would you feel bad if you beat uh, – well, I did. I beat Topher. I kicked his ass at J-Ball. I didn't say one word to him. <laughs> you know what? I didn't either. <laughs> we just we just yeah, left Topher we there. We did. Poor Tof. You're right. We did. He get a, get into his dad's car. Yeah. And they probably put on like Charlie Rich. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, what do you think Mike said to him? I know what I would have said to my kid. Mike said, you, uh, oh. "We we're gonna have some explaining to do to my father-in-law and your grandfather." And we just got run off the lane, Christopher. Jesus Christ. God damn. I could have had a former NFL quarterback, and I stayed with you. Hartman's never going to talk to me again. He's never going to let me no, speak on the radio understand? again. Do you understand where I'm heading to here? Did you, why didn't you tell me you had a broken arm? My arm's not broken, Dad. It is now. It will be by the time we get home. Holy fuck. You're right. We didn't console that kid at all. Fuck no. Get the fuck out of here. Take your yeah. silver medal and keep walking. Oh, my God. It's, take uh, your sack of shit dad, too. Take your sack of shit dad, too. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, college basketball ratings are up 29%. It's all yes. because of Zion Williamson. The guy's ridiculous.
I, Dave, I think it's just the whole thing. Yeah. I just think it's, I think everybody loves doing a bracket and hanging out and yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. The, the whole idea of do or die, man. And, and they do a fantastic job of keeping the games going, man. I'll tell you on radio. I wish they would change the courts. I hate the fact that you have to look at the court to try and find what city they're in. I wish they would used to do it the old days where yeah. if they were playing at San Diego State, you could tell it was the San Diego State court. Yeah, change it up, right? Just, so just everyone, leave it the way it was. Don't yeah. sit there and make it you know, uniformed where everything's this NCAA court. Yeah. Let you bullshit. know where they're at. Yeah. Who's Who did that? Who goofed? I need to know. Who made that decision? So does that say Tulsa? I can't fucking read that shit. God damn it. I'm not. God dang it. I just chuck. Oh, how do you how do you maintain? I have a very specific formula for maintaining my bracket. I've seen you do it for years. You pull out the highlighters. Highlighter and sharpie. Yeah, I've seen yellow you do highlighter it for, for wins. One thin black line through for a loss. This is how very you, clean. It's immediate. Okay, this is how you do it now. Mm-hmm. You just go to your fucking wherever you fold it out. Not whether the same it was, though. Whether it's Yahoo or it's yes, can you just reprint it every after every game and the shows? It's they, boring though, right? I don't know. Fuck it. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to sit there and brag to you. I got 14 teams left and realize I have, you know, 11 because I fucking can't read. Uh, my son, Cade, has blue and orange. So blue means one thing and orange means something else. I tell him, I go, I hate your system. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> at times, you're so close to father of the year. And then at times, you just completely drop the I go, ball. what am I doing here? I go, you know, I'm a guy that constantly is confused. And he goes, all right. And I go, so every day I come in, I look at your bracket. I'm like, what the hell does the blue mean again? And he goes, blue means wins. I go, are you sure? He goes, well, no. Let, hang on. Let me see. I go, that's it. <laughs> I go, you and I never say, does the black line through a team mean a win? I don't have to say, hey, hang on a second. He's like, whatever. Who's who's doing better? Right? Uh, Which are your boys? What do you think? I'm winning. Are you really? You're I, beating Jack? Yeah, I've, wow. I have uh, 38 wins. Cade's got 35. Jack's got 34. And my horseshit brother's got 30. Oh, that's funny. Which they thought was good. I would have put my money on Jack to beat all you guys. Uh, he still may. I mean, he may close. But at least for right now, I've got a lead. And I'm going to have a fun couple of days reminding him. That's funny as hell. Yeah, that's I just keep telling good. him. I go, hey, man, Roy Jones Jr. won a silver medal. Nothing wrong with that. You're fine. After after I read these spots right here, I got a story for you, you won't believe. And it goes back to the stories I tell you about kids and you know basically kids and pets or neither? Kind of. It's it's the it's a story about I've I've talked about this for a number of years now about how they always people say, Let's just give the ball to the kid that's never plays and let him score yeah. a touchdown. Is that a good story? I'm gonna tell you I went terribly wrong. Oh no. I'm gonna tell you it's, oh, it's, it's no. worth it's worse. Am I gonna laugh and feel bad about you're, laughing? You're, no, you're gonna laugh your ass off. All right. Am I gonna feel bad about it? No, you won't. Okay. You won't. Okay. Swear. Hey, as Jeff just mentioned, it's just been a, a terrible uh, last five days. Uh, some of the people that stepped up, obviously, are the people on the show that keep the show going. And, and Alan Taylor mm. and Amy have been absolutely fantastic. Alan, of course, with Taylor May Pools, 20 years in San Diego. Great pools. We talk about it all the time. If you're looking for a pool, you need a remodel, you need a resurfacing, you need someone to give you ideas of what to do because you've never had a pool. 
make sure you call Alan Taylor. He's the guy that will sit there and, and look at the 3D designs. He's also going to show you how it will look in your backyard. Don't forget about the saltwater technology, the waterfalls, the grotto, the slides. So many different options. Taylor May pools, they're as good as anybody, if not the best. 619-449-4452. You can have the pool that everybody drools over because you called Alan Taylor at Taylor May Pools. 619-449-4452. Did you notice it? You notice it the last couple of days? All of a sudden, that gas that you were paying 305 or 314, 323, all of a sudden it's back up to 375. Yeah. And you go, God damn. And now all of us, man, I mean, it, it's going to be April before you know it. And that means you're getting ready for spring break. And then after that, the kids are going to be out for the summer. And where are you going to go? I know one of the things that Vera and I used to always love doing was just driving out to Yuma and answering a lot of questions. <laughs> Did you guys handle business and then go to Cracker Barrel or Cracker Barrel and then handle business? Depending on if it was morning or night. Oh, Do you make fuck. her wear something special, the bikini? Or is the bikini for after? Oh, my God. I'm dizzy. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the, I'm not even going to say what okay, I Okay, good. Just, what do you mean? Just stop. I will. Gang, fuck, I had one beer down here and I'm shot. Call me a cap. I'm done. Well, I mispronounced the number one college basketball player. Great, name. big fan, big fan, uh, really, maybe, really on top of things. Maybe we could get Mike. As I'm, of, as I'm sitting here listening to Costa today, because nobody knew Felix Hernandez's name. Yeah, I'm like, it's Felix Hernandez. Judd's like, who's the guy that starts every season opener for the Mariners? And nobody on the show knew. Yeah, and he goes, it's the guy for the Mariners. You know, the been around forever, the starting pitcher, Mike Randy Johnson. No. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. And I was like, fuck, I'm screaming. Felix Hernandez, you assholes. And then I fucked up Zion Williamson. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, as people are looking right now about summer, no better time, man. No better time right now than to call the people at TaylorMade Pools. By the way, the shirts that everybody is seeing, and it cracks me up because we've been tagged on this Facebook post. And everybody loves the Jake's Project shirts. Hey, how do I get one? And our poor friend Kelly has said every time, listen to the podcast. Okay, stop bugging me. Dave and Jeff have them. <laughs> uh, the people who stepped up and made the Jake's Project shirts, again, were tailor-made pools, like they do all the time. They uh, were fantastic uh, last week. They were friends with Erica as well. But the work that they do, I'm telling you, man, do it now. I got a ton of travel coming up over the next couple of months. Always fun, but if somebody said, hey, you can do it right in your backyard, you got your, your pool right there the way you want it, yeah, what more you uh, what more do you want? What are you waiting on? Absolutely. Uh, don't forget about Brian Curry as well, selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's the guy that wins a ton of awards. He's the best in the business in San Diego. As we say all the time, how many people do you know that have their real estate license? Almost every single person you know has it. How many people make a living at it? That's the question you need to ask. The people that are making a living at it, especially in the market as it goes up and down, they're the ones that have it really figured out. 
Brian Kerr is your guy. He's the guy we've been telling you about. If you want the best deal, make sure you call Brian. A friend of mine called me yesterday and said, look, here's my plan. I plan on buying a house within the next year. I've already talked to Brian. Brian has gone through exactly how to start saving money, putting it together, get an idea and get a plan and what neighborhood they're going to move to. Brian will walk you through the process too. There's no call that's too short, too dumb. Don't worry about it. He does have your answers. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I said it to my kids over the weekend. I go, you know what? You guys can pound sand. I'm not coming back to La Mesa. I'm going back to North County. There's no place better. (laughs) Again, you're looking for them now? Yeah, there's no place better than North County. I'm sorry. It's great. Don't try to sell me on Poway. I've been to Poway. What do you got? You got Poway Bowl. What else you can do out there? (laughs) Nothing. And Ernie Martinez is out there. You need him walking around with that shaky (laughs) smile? No. I'm moving back to North County. And the reason why I'm moving back to North County is my man Brian Curry knows North County better than anybody. But if you want to go out to Poway, Rancho Bernardo, any of those areas out there, great. La Mesa is great. You just got to have somebody with you that knows the drill, and that guy is Brian Curry. Absolutely. Don't forget about our guy, Ryan Barkley, as well. Ryan's the guy who will sit there and make your backyard, your front yard look that much better. This is the time of year, as Jeff said, the weather's changing. and start inviting people over to your house. For those summer days and those summer nights, make sure you aren't embarrassed. Ryan did just did a great job for me with my front yard. Never looked better. You're tired of coming home and looking at your yard and saying, man, it's not what it needs to be. Make sure you call Ryan and his dad, Scott. Barkley Landscape. Ryan's number is 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000. All day long on, uh, on Friday when I was in L.A., my man Ryan Barkley checking in on me. I can't thank him enough. Dave, I have to say, as much fun as we have Tease and Barkley, man, the front yard here at the Broadcast Emporium looks absolutely gorgeous. And they have fixed your problem with the rabbits. Yep. They came in. They got the old stuff out. They got the new stuff in. And it looks absolutely great, as it will at your house, too. No better time to give them a call, right? Because with the rain... I got in the car last night. It was still drizzling a little bit. It kind of it feels like it used to around here where we actually have some weather. Perfect time to call Ryan and his team and say, hey, what can you guys do for me? What makes sense to clean it up? Get rid of that old school Harvey Corman white rock <laughs> bullshit <laughs> that your father-in-law bought for you and told your wife it looked great. It doesn't. It looks like shit. Got that uh, pink plastic popping up from below because all the little neighborhood asshole kids take those rocks, (laughs) throw them at the UPS guy. Fuck that. Get that out of there and get those little dicks out of your yard. Starts with a call to Barkley Landscaping. (laughs) And finally, don't forget about the website as well. You need that website to look professional. You need to draw a business to let people know you really understand what's going on. 619-500-6621. Don't be embarrassed by some tomfoolery website. <laughs> 619-500-6621. That's it. Not like you hear about on Tradio. Get a goddamn good one that's going to work for you. I love Kyle Fluger. A lot of great music coming in. I haven't had a chance to go through all of it. Dave was telling me tonight the stuff that Matt Phillips has sent in was absolutely amazing. He said it brought... It put a lump in your throat? Look, yeah, well, the music is great. I really do appreciate people picking the music for us. Here's, yeah. here's the deal. I'll tell you straight out. We need something that's our personality, okay? Yeah. And, yeah, the music was, was outstanding. But 
I'll tell you right now, want something a little bit stronger, right? More, if we're playing Rolling Stones, we got to stop playing Rolling Stones. Yeah. We want a little bit more. We like ACDC. We like Red Hot Chili Peppers. We can't go from Rolling Stones to England Dan and John fucking Ford Coley. <laughs> okay? We don't care if you want to see us tonight, England Dan. Why are you England Dan? Yes. <laughs> All yeah. right, here, here's here's the story for you. Okay, this, this guy's telling me he goes, he's from New Jersey. This guy I work with, and he goes, you know those stories of those kids that they give the ball to in these football games, and mm-hmm. everybody's in on it, and they let the kid that never gets to play put a uniform on, and he runs and he scores, and everybody loses their mind. <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah. I go, we've talked about this on the show before, and he goes, man, in my school senior year, we got this kid, and he has special needs, and. We told the other team, this is what we're going to do. And the, his team is in on it, and everybody knows what's going on. And they give the ball nice. to – it was nice. Great story. Gives the ball to this kid who runs out on the field, all yeah. excited. He doesn't understand that everyone is else is in on it. Yeah. And the kid runs 77 yards for a touchdown. Uh, it's nice. Okay. Right when he crosses the goal line, one of the referees throws a fucking flag. It goes holding offense. It's coming back. No! <laughs> he brings the whole thing back. And everyone's like, what the fuck? People from both sides want to beat yeah. the shit out of this guy. Right. Has no idea that this kid has special needs. Like, didn't think it was weird that people weren't tackling this kid. He fucking throws a flag. Says, holding. Bring it back. Oh, my God. Who was the guy that told us that they had a similar situation like that and they gave the ball to the special needs kid and there was some idiot on the other side like all jacked up and he's like like the kid I went to high school with yeah. Dan Quinn that makes those fucking psychotic YouTube videos. Yeah. And he's like, fuck that. I don't lay down for anybody. Colleges are watching. He laid the kid out. Do you remember when yes. they told us this story? Yes, yes. Who was that? It was so awful. <laughs> so awful. It was so awful. And he's like, This fucking guy, they give him the ball, you know, hey. Yeah. Here comes Sammy, everybody, in for the play. And this guy's like, hey, fuck Sammy. I'm going to plan it. Boom! Now what? He's like, coaches are like, tweet, tweet. Whistles, get the hell off the field. Sammy's on the ground like, hey. (laughs) Poor little glasses all broken. Like Corey Haim in that fucking Lucas movie. Yeah, that's right. Remember when he played Lucas? Yeah. I was happy when yeah. Lucas got the shit kicked out. I was, Just pay too. attention. Fuck Lucas. Fuck Lucas. Oh, my God. That kid needed a... Where the fuck was his dad? The kid was 19 years old and his fucking nuts still hadn't dropped. <laughs> Dude, it's true. It's like, how did you go to school with Charlie Sheen? Looked like you were in fucking sixth grade. Right. What's wrong with you? Right. Running around with his little sunken chest. That's a good point. I tell you what. I'm going to say this right now. If you are moved by the movie Lucas, you're no friend of mine. Exactly right. I'm with you. If you say you cry during Lucas, fuck it. Fuck it. Go, go, go listen to Nick. Uh, Two things. Yes. I have a recommendation for you. The recommendation is anytime you get an opportunity to see a show at the coach house, in Capistrano. I had not been there in 25 years. Dave, I saw a band Saturday night called The Blasters. We used to play a lot of The Blasters on this show. So Long Baby Goodbye, Marie Marie, uh, Killing Time in the Blue Shadows. 
It's Phil Alvin, who is 66 years old. Phil Alvin has arthritis so bad in his hand, he can barely play guitar anymore. You know like how the fingers look yeah. when the arthritis comes in? I swear to God, though, his he moves very slow. The arthritis has taken over his hand, but his voice is great. Uh, but I saw him at the Coach House. Coach House was unbelievable, the acoustics. Because you guys know, when you go to some concert venue, it's always a gamble. Kid running the board, Dave had to be, he looked like he was no older than 30. And the guy was constantly just fixing the sound, adjusting the sound. It was great. So if you ever have thought about seeing a live show, go to the Coach House. I'm going to save the best for last. Because tonight on Twitter, the great Dan Cilio, the morning show host at 97.3 The Fan, okay. home of Padre Baseball, has written the following tweet. Do not forget to miss our live broadcast from the Padres block party Thursday, opening day at 5. What did he just say? Dan said, do not forget to miss our show. Well, Dan, I, I always forget to miss your show. Uh, or I never forget to miss your show, so we won't forget again. This fucking guy said, do not forget to miss our show. In other words, if you listen to it, you've completely gone against Dan's wishes. <laughs> Do not forget to miss our live broadcast from the Padre Block Party. This fucking guy. So I retweeted it. I said, hey, consider it done. <laughs> Did Dan or any of those guys catch it? Uh, I don't know. Like, how fucking dumb is this guy? Hey, don't forget to miss our show. Yeah, well, we've done it for two fucking years, kiddo. We'll keep the roll. Uh, we'll keep the the uh, we'll keep the bus moving. Uh, what a dope! But yeah, fucking great, absolutely great. Uh, right now, Paddock in line to start Sunday, according to Dennis Lynn. Okay. So Sunday looks to be the day. I'll send a quick message to uh, Jim Paddock because I'm classy like that. And that's it. We'll be back tomorrow night. Oh, hey, Dave, I got. Update for you. Yeah. Got a message yesterday from one of our favorite people, Ashley. Remember Ashley yes. from Rock 105? Yep. Everybody loved her. Ash has had her own challenges. Sent me a message last night. She said, hey, Jeff, I'm in. I'll see you one of these Monday nights. So oh, she and awesome. I are going to get it together. She's coming in. I don't know what the fuck happened with Josh Lewin. I really don't. Like, they have Ello doing pre and post game over there at 97.3 on Thursday. Coach is doing a show. Hey, Randy, I'll tell you what. Like, I look at this kid, Paddock, and he reminds me a lot of John D'Aquisto. Shows he doesn't really care. Remember when D'Aquisto and Freddie Kimball oh used gosh. to be out yes, there? Yes, I've heard the stories a million times. It's going to be really fun, Davey. I'll tell you the thing about Paddock. He gets a little dirt on his pants, but not on his boots. <laughs> that fucking maniac will be out there. Right? Yeah. You'll hear that shit. Oh, my God. But, hey, don't forget to miss Dan's show. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, we're back tomorrow night. All right. We'll see you tomorrow.
it's my